Our scripture morning, our scripture reading this morning is the 10th Psalm, Psalms number 10. In Psalms 10, we begin at verse 1. Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire, and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. He hath said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. Of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He doth catch the poor when he draweth him into his net. He croucheth and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. He hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hath he had hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up thine hand, forget not the humble. Wherefore doth the wicked condemn God, con contemn God? He hath said in his heart, Thou wilt not require it. Thou hast seen it. Thou hast beholdest mischief and spite to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Break thou the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness till he, till thou find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The heathen are perished out of his hand. The Lord thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. To judge the fatherless and the oppressed. That the man of the earth may no more oppress. Amen. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 through 6. Even when we were dead in sin, speaking of our God who is rich in mercy, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ and hath raised us up together. Did you hear that? Raised? Raised. That means it's done. Folks, God's people are as good as in heaven right now. 
that's what gives us the peace as we go through this world of chaos that we're in. And there's a lot of chaos going on in our world right now, isn't it? Brother Brother Freshour mentioned Friday night in request for prayers. Pray for this country. Our study for Friday night was prayers. And God's people, we pray for all kinds of different things, but there's one thing that everything boils down to, isn't it? And that's that our sovereign God's will shall be done. And I assured him, I hope I assured him, I tried the best I could with my voice, I hope the Lord gave him assurance that everything that you and I are in right now, whatever our situation may be in our own personal life, but the whole world around us is still in the hands of the Creator. It hasn't gotten out of control. Everything's going along just as He has purposed it to be. If it isn't His purpose, then He's not God, and you and I are wasting our time. But He is God. He's my God. I pray He's yours, yours as well. I'd like you to turn also in your hymn books. We're going to read a hymn. Turn over to hymn number 529 with me. 529. Every once in a while, I just like to sing this song in the shower. Oh, how I love Jesus. Every time I think about what our Lord has done for us, I think about these words. Oh, how I love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Verse 2, it tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Verse 3, it tells me what my Father hath in store for every day. And though I tread a darksome path, yield sunshine all the way. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. I hope, I hope you thought about as you read those words, could that have been you singing that? Could you sing those words with the voice of the heart? With the most inner part of your being? The refrain, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because He first loved me. Every child of God who has ever had the Lord do a work in their heart understands a drop 
of what that love is about. We see through the glass darkly. And everything we read in His Word, every time we consider how deep He loves us, His grace is magnified more and more and more. His grace. It's called growing in grace. And how do we grow in grace? But in the knowledge of who the Lord is. In the knowledge of what He's done for His people. And in the knowledge of the success, the accomplishment of what He's done, putting Him right where He is now on His throne, ruling everything. I can say this with my heart to you in all sincerity. I pray you can too. I pray that you can too. The greatest sinner that ever walked this earth comes here every week. I can't even get out of bed in the morning without sinning against my God. He comes before you every week to tell you about the greatest forgiveness in all the world. The greatest forgiveness that has ever been known. It's the message the Apostle Paul wrote about in Romans 7, 24 and 25. It says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Then he says these words, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's who. That's the only deliverance a true, bona fide sinner can trust in. Our deliverer, the Lord Jesus. He came here for one reason, and that is to save sinners. But folks, you have to see yourself as a sinner. Too many of the world want to go back, oh, I did lie. I lied to my dad once, I, or I did this once, or I, I used to smoke, or I used to cuss, I used to do this. I used to get angry at everybody. I don't do that anymore. Too many people think that that's, I'm done, I'm, I, I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm not as bad a sinner as I used to be, so for therefore I'm better. God's people are taught. We are chastened. We are brought to the knowledge that we never get any better in this flesh. Oh, wretched man, that I am, says Paul, that I am, says John. Who? I can't deliver myself. I'm so far beyond the help of myself that if God leaves me to myself, I shall receive damnation of which I deserve, of which I have earned. 
Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I sincerely pray that this day that the Lord has brought some sinners here. Some who have great need of salvation because their sins are great to them. For only a great sinner needs great forgiveness. Do you need great forgiveness? Turn once again, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter 7. In our last worship service, we considered the feet of the Master, the feet of Him who is our salvation. As we read over in Luke chapter 2, Simeon had been waiting in the temple and the Lord for the Lord to show him his salvation. And it says in verse 25, you stay in Luke 7. I'll just read this quickly for you. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. What goes on to tell us about the Lord Jesus being brought to the temple. And Simeon had laid eyes upon this child, Jesus. And he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy words. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. The salvation of God. The salvation sent from God, His Son, the Lord Jesus. We looked at that deeply last week. The dirt. This lady, this woman who is at the feet of Jesus. Who is our salvation. She looked upon Him and washed the dirt off his feet the deep, the dirt that he bore on his feet for you and I the holes that he endured on our behalf and we saw the place our place before the almighty holy god but there's more there's more to see are you with me in Luke chapter 7 begin with me if you would at verse 36 and one of the Pharisees desired him, the Lord Jesus, that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Now, if you weren't here last week, I had to point this out. An alabaster is a is a perfumed oil just the normal everyday blue collar worker in that day would have taken a year of labor to afford a box of oil of this oil she took an alabaster box of ointment verse 38 and she stood at the feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, 
would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And I left off with that verse last week with these words. He did know who she was. Just like he knows who each of us. Folks, God knows everything. You can't hide anything from him. You can't hide anything from him. He knew. That Pharisee didn't even speak aloud. He spoke within himself. And the Lord knew it. Listen, look at verse 40. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And the Lord said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he, the Lord, turned to the woman and said, in other words, he spoke unto Simon, saying, See thou, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, because of all that, after describing what the Lord just described, I say unto thee, he says, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this? that forgiveth sins also. And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Our Lord, in his great wisdom, tells us nothing of this woman, of her state, what she did for a living, what she did to feed herself, what she did to be called a sinner. We don't know, do we? I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that the Lord doesn't tell us all the sins of his people. It gives all of us an opportunity to relate to her, doesn't it? Whatever your imagination, whatever God has shown in you, the sin that is in you, you can see it in her, can't you? She was a sinner. Behold, a woman in a city, in the city which was a sinner. This woman who was a sinner is here held before us in the book of God as an example. What a great example our Lord has given us of this one who is a sinner who has come to the one who forgives sin. 
The Holy Spirit tells us absolutely nothing about her except He's saying that she was a sinner and she was a sinner who trusted in Christ. When she had heard, didn't that what it says? When she had heard that Christ was there, she sought after Him, she came to Him. How are you going to call upon someone you've never heard of? How are you going to believe in it if you've never heard of Him? When she had heard of where Jesus was, there was a lot of people who heard about him. Remember the story about the woman. The Lord was surrounded with people just pushing against him and a woman who had an issue of blood. She had heard the Lord was coming this way. She got down and crawled on her knees to him. We come to Christ, but not to the front of this aisle. He's not here. Not to this that people want to call a... Uh, 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 Yeah. No, that's not the right word. Oh, yeah. Alter. <laughs> when you get to be my age, you'll understand forgetfulness, all right? <laughs> Mike, when you get to be my age. <laughs> this isn't an altar. This is a piece of wood. It's a block of wood that I use to hold my Bible up and my piece of paper and my, and my water. The altar is the Lord Jesus. Come to Him right where you're at. Another thing. We don't just come to Him once. We come to Him over and over and over again. Why? Because we're sinners all the time. Come to the Lord Jesus. She was forgiven. And she knew she was forgiven by the Lord because of His great forgiveness of her, she cried. Do you cry at the greatness of God's forgiveness for you? Or is it just something we just pass on by? It's no big deal. Lord, save me. I can go on and sit on as I want to. There's a religion that does that all the time. They're called Catholics. If I just count the pence on this bead, I'll be saved and I can go about sinning again tomorrow. And that was described to me by one who was a Catholic named Steve Doyle. So don't tell me I'm wrong. What grace it is to have our condition revealed to us. Our condition as true dead dog sinners. It's not one that we can see of ourselves in our natural state. Not at all. We come into this world thinking, we're okay. We're not so bad. There's a little good in me. If I just stop being so attracted to all the drinking and cussing and partying and doing all that, I can start being a good person and go to church on Sunday like I'm supposed to. I'll be better. Fan that flame a little bit. Isn't that what we thought at one time? If I can just think, well, I haven't killed anybody, so I'm not such a bad person. I've thought about it. Do you know that all you got to do is think about it? You've done it. Think about that next time you look at somebody walking down the street dressed as they shouldn't be. All I got to do is exercise a little faith, fan it like a flame, and it'll grow. If I make an effort, if I make a decision, I too could be righteous. I too could be a good person. 
Only one who has had the truth, only one who has had the truth of their condition revealed can know the depth of their depravity. See, today's title is Great Sinners Need a Great Savior, Need Great Forgiveness. Our Lord said these words. You think that I'm just speaking when I say only one who has had the truth of their condition revealed. You think, oh, he's just saying that. Listen to the Lord's word. Matthew 11, verses 25 through 27. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. What things? What things is the Lord talking about there? What things is the Lord Jesus, God Almighty, the Son of God, speaking to God the Father about? He's talking about the depravity of man. In the previous verses to that, he's t- he, he reveals how dead in trespasses men and women are. He's talking about the total depravity that we have nothing that we can offer God. Nothing of this flesh that we can offer God to pay for our sins. Why? Why are my good works not good enough because they're tainted with sin no matter what you do? No matter what thoughts are going through your mind, you're still in this body of death. This body that we need saving from. This body, that, this flesh that will continue to sin until the day we're taken out of this world. People love to say, oh, you can be such a better person if you'll just receive Jesus and you'll be such a nice person. You won't be a sinner anymore. That is not true. Paul had already been preaching for years. The Apostle Paul, the very one who wrote so many books of the God's Word, who God inspired to write for him. Oh, wretched man that I am, he said. Not that I was before, but that I am right now. And if you're a saved child of God, you know your wretchedness right now. You know the depravity. And the only way you know it is by the revelation of Christ. Father, I thank thee that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent. I guarantee you that guy over there in Rome where Kathy and I are going to go visit, we're not going to the Pope's place. I'm going to walk right on by. i got no desire to see uh, the Vatican. But I guarantee you that guy's sitting over there thinking he's okay. I've done well. I've been a good person. I've counted my beads. I've gone into the box. I've, I've told my sins. I've taken care of the poor. The poor have taken care of him. What things has the Lord revealed unto you? Has he revealed the depravity? Has he, has he revealed the fact that he chose you from before the world was? Are, are you still walking through life thinking you've done something to earn God's grace? Or has God shown you that you would have kept right on walking into damnation if He hadn't chosen you first? You can't see it. 
unless the Lord reveals it. I thank thee, O Father, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent. What thing? That the blood of Christ that was shed 2,000 years ago was sufficient. Has the Lord God Almighty shown you the depth of your depravity, the unconditioned of you being chosen in Him, and that His blood is enough? Are you still trying to earn your salvation? Or are you resting in the blood of Christ? I thank Thee, O Father of heaven and earth, because Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent. What things? What things? My grace. The Lord's grace to you. You know why this woman was in tears? Because God didn't leave her to herself. He showed her His grace. And it was irresistible grace. It was a grace that you can't turn away from. Because your depravity has... The depth of your depravity has been revealed to you. You see the grace of God. How can you turn away from such love? Oh, how I love Jesus. Why? Because He first loved me. Jeremiah the Lord says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you, loving. I have lovingly, lovingly drawn you. After he praises his father for revealing these things unto babes, he says, "Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight." Then the Lord Jesus says these words. He says, "All things are delivered unto me of my Father." And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he, you, to whomsoever the Son will reveal it, will reveal him. To know the truth of our need is to also know the glory of God in the face of his Son as our great Savior. This woman was singing in her heart, Oh, how I love Jesus, because He first loved me. Her actions are clear on that, wouldn't you say? Think about that. She's at the feet of this man, crying tears on his feet, and washing with those tears, and then wiping his feet with her hair. She's taken her most prized possession to anoint those feet. Is that not an act of love? Love from the heart? She was a great sinner whose need was a great salvation and she was at the feet of the one who is the great Savior of His people. He saves His people. And here's good news. Not just a little bit, but to the uttermost. Isn't that a good word? Uttermost, I like that word. That, to me, that word means that there's no ending of it. I, I can't, I can't get to a point, and I'm thankful. I don't want to get to that point. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say it's okay to get to that point. But it gives me this idea that I can't get to any certain point where he's going to say, "Okay, I've had enough. 
I'm not saved anymore. No, he saves me and you, his people, to the uttermost. That's a great Savior. That's great salvation. That's great forgiveness. Notice in all the Scripture, in all the Scripture, not one place can you find where the Lord has turned away one who has come to Him in need. Isn't that something? He hasn't turned away John Rees. And I need more than any of you folks. I guarantee it. Oh, how I wish I could drive this point home. I pray the Lord does drive it home to your hearts. All of those who attempt to rouse men and women up to live and to serve for Christ, let me tell you this, the driving force, the very driving force behind us is not, oh, I want to be a better person. I do, but that's not what's driving me. What's driving me is He has loved me. And I love Him. This woman loves the Lord. Just as you and I love the Lord. For His graciousness to us. Because His grace is so great. Because His forgiveness is known and felt in our very soul. We see ourselves as the greatest sinners that ever walked this earth. And if we see ourselves as that, then the Lord is showing us He's the greatest Savior. He's the only Savior. And He's greater than all of our sin. We have a deep gratitude and love for our Lord and Savior and it arises from the experience of His free and sovereign grace. It arises from what we find only in His Son. We are motivated by His grace. We are motivated in gratitude and love because of His grace, not because of the threat of the law, not because of a promise of reward, not because there may be a hope of recognition. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all are dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Also in 2 Corinthians verses 8, chapter 8, verse 9, For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that had that though He was rich, yet for our sakes, your sakes, He became poor, that ye, through His poverty, might be rich. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'll bring us to a close. Actually, we're going to do a couple more scriptures. In 1 Peter chapter 1, we begin reading at verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again. Did you notice who? Why? 
It's according to His abundant mercy that He has begotten us again into a lively hope, a living hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because our Lord liveth, because He sits on His throne, we have a wonderful hope that all of the promises of God shall be delivered. To an inheritance, verse 4, incorruptible. You can't defile it. It's undefiled. And that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for us. It's reserved by the Lord Jesus Himself. Look at verse 5. Who are kept, who are guarded is what that word means, by the power of God. That sign that hangs up over the, 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 the walkway out there, if your God is trying, then your preacher is lying. That's a truth that I just I could not help but put that sign up. I didn't. That's not something I thought of. Another brother did. What a statement! What an absolute true statement, folks. God doesn't try anything. He does. If He doesn't do what He wants to do, then He's not God. And again, we are wasting our time. And we're kept, the Lord says in His Word here, we're kept by that very God who works everything out according to His purpose, according to His will. We're kept by His power through faith, through believing in Him, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, Verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if, ye, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen. Ye love. And that's something. Oh, to believe God's word. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its word. Why? Because my sins are great. Yet my Savior is greater. Let's look at one more section of verses. Go to the left, if you would, to Hebrews chapter, just a couple of pages, Hebrews chapter 7. In verse 19, we read in Hebrews 7, For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope. The law is our schoolmaster. The law is what teaches you and I that we're great sinners. We're great sinners because we know we can't keep the law. Nothing of the law. I can't keep even one spot of it. Yet my Savior so great, He's kept it all. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And insomuch as not without an oath he was made priest, for those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear, and I will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety, of a better testament that they truly were many and there truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death but this man this one the Lord Jesus because he continueth ever 
hath an unchangeable priesthood. And that's our hope. There's our hope in a risen Christ. Verse 25, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him. Seeing he liveth to make, ever liveth to make intercession for them. The word of oath, the word of promise, the word of salvation in Christ Jesus, the word of his love towards his people, word of his love towards his people maketh the son who is our perfection who is our sanctification who is our justification who is our righteousness this is the one who has saved me to the uttermost this is the one who is the great savior of this great sinner oh how I love Jesus for he first loved me are there any great sinners here this day? Are there any sinners who need a great Savior? Come to the one who is greatly able. Greatly able. Let's look at one more verse. We've got a moment. Turn over to Jude, just before the book of Revelation. One chapter, Jude. Are there any great sinners here this day who need a great Savior? Come to the one who is greatly able. Look at verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Come to the one who is greatly able Jesus Christ, my Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that God has provided a great, great Savior for this great sinner. Amen.